Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Okay, we got an exciting one today. We're talking about mitochondria. It's Dr. Bo and Chelsea Nelson RD. That's me. Hello. <laughs> Chelsea's fresh off the cooking scene, out of the cooking yep. class and the Hair cooking show. Smells like turmeric. Kind yeah. of smell like it all day. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I wonder if like uh, uh, vaporized or, or smell smellified turmeric <laughs> is as beneficial as. I think it has some good ingestion. benefits for the hair and the skin. I bet so. I bet people right. live next to burning turmeric fields <laughs> are very healthy individuals. They're glowing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. So what's on the docket? What'd you cook today? What's, so, I, know, I don't want to preview the YouTube channel. For sure. We basically did a bunch of egg recipes um, because I know eggs are super easy for breakfast. They're super cheap, um, but they're super versatile as well. So we did a bunch of egg recipes. We did um, like an egg bake with pesto. We did some eggs, kale, and mushroom. We did Dr. Blue's eggs, so his breakfast of champions eggs. Um, we did some egg quiches that are basically instead of using a crust it uses ham those were oh. on point and, and i just like saying quiche quiche yeah yeah <laughs> uh, do you uh how old are your kids again they are six and almost five okay mm -hmm. i have a great book recommendation it's based off eggs oh it's called the good egg oh i we read it do you uh -huh. do, do you have the bad seed no, we don't have that one. They're companions. We've read that book, though, at the library. Yeah. Oh, The Good Egg and the Bad Seed. For anybody there that has little kids, yeah. great books. Mm -hmm. um, and Give Me My Hat Back. That's also a good one. But you know what? So this is back to eggs. Um, my six-year-old can make eggs. Like, super cool. Mm -hmm. Like, not that she makes them all the time, but yeah. she could if she wanted to. Our oldest uh, d does all the egg making in the house. She's 10, nice. August. Uh, Birdie would probably be an excellent egg maker, but her sister always takes over the she job. Does it. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, our kids are very in tune with cooking for themselves. So we're pretty excited about that. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, so we're going to talk about mitochondria. Uh, Chelsea's been studying for two years on this presentation. <laughs> Just kidding. I, surp I surprised her yeah. with this uh, topic. <laughs> Uh, I've been wanting to do this topic for a while uh, for a few reasons. I, you know, in our opinion, my opinion, we opinion, whatever, <laughs> um, the, that all mor morbidity, comorbidity, weight gain, unhealthiness, whatever you want to call it starts with this conversation. And the big question is how do I fix it? What do I do about it? Uh, and we may not answer all of that, but we are going to make you aware of it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the, uh, the point of this podcast is to talk about mitochondrial dysfunction and how it relates to your health. So we should probably start off by talking about what the heck is a mitochondria. That's right. Yeah. If you recall back to probably like what high school biology, maybe I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, there, we used to always call them, this is how I always remembered it was the powerhouses of the cell. Yeah. That's what like the our biology powerhouse, teacher. energy plant. Yeah. And they're typically you see them depicted as little brown, uh -huh, uh, almost lines. like roly poly yeah. looking things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so they're inside cell. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, they turn ADP and all of that stuff into ATP. Okay. Now we're getting into the details. Are we getting? Okay. Yeah. 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 So every cell has this, uh, every cell pretty much has to have its own little energy plant. Right? Factory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... So mitochondria, their job is to take the things you eat, the carbs, the proteins, and the fat, most specifically carbs and fatty acids, mm -hmm. right? They don't mm -hmm. do a lot of protein, protein breakdown unless they're forced to. Yeah. 
and convert that actually into usable energy. And this is like my ultimate uh, disagreements with using calorie descriptions for anything start right here because calories don't mean anything at this level, mm-hmm. right? So I have, a, I have some glucose come in or carbohydrates or sugar, whatever you want to call it. And the mitochondria's job is to break that down and create it. It uses it to create a gradient, an electron gradient throughout this cell. The cell we're talking about has two membranes mm-hmm. as an inner and outer membrane, two linings, and it creates this gradient. So it puts all these electrons on one side and the end, the end stage of that is it's allowed to take ADP and add one little thing to it. And now you have ATP and yep. ATP is the energy currency of the body, not a calorie. Right. Right. Correct. That makes sense. Yep. So all the energy that you produce. So just by eating a cupcake, that does not give you energy. Right. It gives you glucose. Mm-hmm. It gives you more glucose. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it. Uh, and some more glucose. <laughs> and that does not become energy until it's made its way via the blood all the way mm-hmm. over to the mitochondria. And the mitochondria goes, hey, glucose, let's turn you into energy. Mm-hmm. That energy packet has nothing to do with the calorie. Right. So it, I, I think they they try to equate it by how, how, to, how much ATP is produced from one gram of glucose, this and that. But right. all that to say, the energy that you feel, the energy that you have comes from these little cells. Mm. And it my, it's mind-boggling me that we don't talk about this more because that seems like a big deal. <laughs> right. right. How many people are running around saying, I don't feel like I have energy? Everybody. Right. How many of those people have a lot of stored up energy on their body in the in the, the setting of fat? Most of them. Like, yeah, all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so... You know what? Where do you know? The question is, where do you go from there? Um, so, what what goes wrong with these little guys? Mm-hmm. Well, I was lots hoping you tell me. Oh well, lots of things go wrong, I think. But what we know is that they just become less efficient, right? Like, yeah. they, you know what makes them inefficient? What do you mean? Like so, what foods we eat? Is that well, what you're asking? So the byproduct of energy mm-hmm. production. So as it's breaking down glucose, proteins, and fats into these electron gradient and that creates a conversion of ADP to ATP, mm-hmm. they produce reactive oxygen species or free radicals, depending mm-hmm. on which camp you're in, but yep. they're the same thing. And it's yeah. layman's terms, inflammation. Yeah. Well, it can be, it can turn into inflammation. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural byproduct for reactive oxygen species and free radicals to be made while you're converting this glucose and stuff. To energy to ATP. But along the way, if we, and there's a lot of things to think about here, right? But along the way, if this little mitochondria gets overwhelmed by energy input, imagine, you know, Chelsea sitting at her desk and I drop off one patient an hour for you to talk to. Not overwhelming, right? Easily processed. Absolutely. Now, what if I show up with like 80 patients at once and say, Chelsea, (laughs) what's going to happen? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. You shut down. Yeah. And is your attitude great? Nope. Okay. Well, hopefully, but (laughs) I'm hiding a bad attitude, right? Your your byproduct would be some bad attitude and and this and that. That's like kind of a loose description. But eventually, at some point, the mitochondrial will get overwhelmed and it creates more reactive oxygen species or free radicals than it can handle. 
because it's it's used to handling enough, right? Sure. So you're free, like you're free, free radical or reactive oxygen PCB with the paperwork. It'd be the paperwork you got to do on all eighty patients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's part of the process. You got to do it. I got to make. The, I got to do the note. Yep. But if I got to do too many of them at once, <laughs> this is not going to happen, right? Right. It's going to take me a while. So you know, at, at some point, you know, kind of through the American diet we overwhelm these things and we get a buildup of reactive oxygen species. And there's a couple things that can magnify that. Uh, two things specifically, I don't have enough mitochondria. So mm-hmm. where are most mitochondria at in our body? In your muscles. In the muscle, highest mm-hmm. density of mitochondria. Yeah. So if I, and this is the reason it's very important to have your kids active. Mm-hmm. It's all about the base. Mm-hmm. It's all about what you begin life with yeah. If I exit my childhood and I am very under-muscled, I've been set up for a lifelong problem. A right? struggle, right, with weight. Because yeah. it's, it's at a certain point, it's very hard to put excessive amounts of muscle on, right? Yeah. While Absolutely. you're growing, kids, Easy. They, can, they can eat carpet and put muscle on, Yeah, right? <laughs> right. As long as they're active. For sure. Uh, and so I can have, I can, I can not have enough mitochondria. So even eating normal amounts of food can overwhelm the system, right? I could just not treat my mitochondria well uh, through really poor nutrition. So I have a bunch of them not functioning and they die off. And so all my energy Mm -hmm. is funneled to my working mitochondria. Yep. And, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of analogies you could use for that, you know? (laughs) Um, But eventually this one mitochondria gets overwhelmed. All these reactive oxygen species kind of basically shut it down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot to explain why reactive oxygen species are bad. Right. Because everybody's like, well, it sounds like a buggy man. So, <laughs> uh, so the electron transport chain. So how your body creates energy is it shuttles these electrons uh, back and forth across this membrane of the mitochondria. And the unique thing about a reactive oxygen species is it does not have an electron, but it really wants one. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. if you have all these reactive oxygen species or these free radicals build up, they keep stealing your electrons. Yep. So, you know, all and those it, people that poo pooed all that, that reactionary stuff back in high, you know, high school and college, <laughs> you know, it comes back to haunt us, you know, for sure. Well, and then that's what kind of throws off that gradient too. And that's mm-hmm. part of becoming inefficient as well. Yeah. So my mitochondrial in, inefficiency, dysfunction, lack of enough of them, mm-hmm. whatever you want to talk about. Um, so I didn't know this till today. Oh, tell me. So how does this relate to insulin insensitivity and diabetes and weight gain? Because in my mind, this is how I thought about it. Well, if I'm eating and my mitochondria is shut down, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to convert that food. So it just gets stored. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything's a feedback loop. So the, the natural, you know, this is the way God designed it. There's, there's a feedback mechanism for all this stuff. So if your cell with your, if your mitochondria starts producing all these reactive oxygen, oxygen species, that's a signal to the mitochondria. Like, Hey, we're, we're overburdened. We need to decrease the amount of food coming in or the, the nutrient packets coming mm-hmm. in. So then, so then does it just like what stay in your blood for longer? It's basically well, the, the, the reactive oxygen species goes out and renders the insulin receptor useless. Ah. And that's the tie. Okay. I didn't know that till today. Me neither until yeah. just now. But it makes sense. Yeah. So now you have this cell that's overwhelmed, that's overworked. And so the natural byproduct goes, this 
negative thing goes out and tells the cell, hey, you're bringing, you know, it'd be like you going to the front desk and saying, quit bringing all these patients to mm -hmm. my room. I can't see 80 at a time. So then they're just on the way to groom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Or stored as fat. Or stored. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so the, the reactive oxygen species actually go to the insulin receptor and tell us, and they, they basically tell it to quit, quit, quit working appropriately. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is the baseline uh, creation of insulin resistance, yeah. the, the, the 10 years before diabetes, right? For sure. Okay. Yeah, well, and that makes sense too, because, you know, if, if those insulin receptors are blocked, then it's blocking access to the cell. So then it is, and your body will, you know, if that, so if that glucose, for example, then is still in your bloodstream because it can't get into the cells to be into the mitochondria and producing energy, the body's not going to let your blood sugar stay high for mm -hmm. long. Um, and so then it's going to go through that pathway. And where is it going to get stored? Primarily in your liver or on Okay, so that's your that's liver. step three here, or whatever step oh, we're on. Oh, perfect. Yes, so I segued. <laughs> the, the glucose goes back, so it sends it back to the liver. The liver then converts it to fatty acids, mm -hmm. all right? So Because fatty acids is an energy currency that does not require an insulin receptor yep. to get into the cell. So the free fatty acid then makes its way over to the struggling mitochondria already. And the mitochondria goes, okay, I'll, I'll do this, but at a cost. Right. So it uses that, f that free fatty acid, which is also what we would get if we were breaking down fat. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So the byproduct of free fatty acid conversion is resistin. I did not know this till today. Is resistin? Resistin. I've, I don't know that I've ever heard that word. Yeah. <laughs> so resistin doubles down on the problem. Uh, it then goes out and once again, slaps the insulin receptor around and says, quit letting glucose into the cell, it then goes around and basically knocks out the function of adiponectin. Okay. So adiponectin is the anti-inflammatory fat burning hormone. Mm -hmm. So like you've built up fat, so your body will produce a leptin and adiponectin. They go tell the brain, hey, quit eating. Because yep, we've, we've oh, got plenty. Yeah, we've got plenty. We're backlogged on all this yep. energy. So resistin then knocks out the function of adiponectin. Hmm. It's all connected. Yeah, keep going. I feel like it's a CIA <laughs> mystery. I feel like there's a conspiracy here. Maybe. That, that all this stuff is connected. It's like you, you follow the money to one bad mm -hmm. actor, and then next and then thing you, you know, everybody's them. involved. Mm -hmm. hmm. So that's we got pretty science-y there. Yeah. And so How what can happens? we segue into something not quite as intense? <laughs> well, okay, but I'm curious. So then if you've basically cut out the action of adiponectin, then I'm assuming you also then begin, you know, that kind of pathway to your brain is cut off as well. Well, so, you're in a bad spot now. Right. So you've yeah. not only like you're probably storing more fat, you're more insulin resistant, but then also your brain is kind of playing tricks with you too right. of, hey, I'm not full yet. And that's where most of us live. Mm -hmm. And so... Then, then you show up to, to Jenny Craig Weight Watchers and, or your doctor, and the first thing they say is you need to eat less, mm -hmm. right? Which, yeah, we all know what happens when you do that. Yeah. So you got a stressed <laughs> system that, you know, you've had this damage. And I want to say this with a caveat, like, because there's some, there's some research on intermittent fasting here and ketosis on how you can repair uh, your mitochondrial function. But if you just eat less of bad food, you yeah. don't you don't fix the underlying problem. You've just starved the system. You've, you, you took a starving system and you starved it even further. Mm -hmm. 
and it basically and potentially created more issues, right? Well, that leads to just generalized giving up and mm -hmm. death of the mitochondria. So now you've depleted your mitochondrial density and you've created a weakened system. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you stopped eating, you're, you, you, you ate less and all of a sudden you've lost 20 pounds, but you hit a wall, you give up, you go back to eating like you were, you gained mm -hmm. all that weight back plus, plus 10%. 10 pounds. Yeah. And that, that the reason you gain 10 more off of your strictly calorie deprivation diet was you, you, you killed all the mitochondria. Yeah. You, yeah. you killed all the good guys. For right? sure. Yeah. So that's the reason we specifically don't promote long-term calorie suppression diets. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And we get a lot of people who are very afraid of calories in general, you know, after surgery and they come, I don't know, maybe six weeks, three months out from surgery and say, Hey, I'm not losing any weight. This surgery is like not working on me. And I look at what they're eating and they're like, I'm eating 600 calories a day. Cause like, I'm afraid to gain weight. <laughs> like you are doing so much damage. Um, you know, less is not always more. We've mm -hmm. said that before, but when it comes to, well, and specifically like, so we're talking about mitochondria, which is a very like sciencey word, but this all could also be called just metabolism. Uh -huh. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, so that's a common word that people use is like, oh, my metabolism's slow. Well, maybe because you're not feeding it, it's a factory. You're not feeding it what it needs to actually work efficiently and work well. Oh, maybe just think about a fa in factory terms. If I'm if I want a really well, you know, oiled mm -hmm. product producing factory, I got to keep the people working in and happy. Mm -hmm. They've got to have the appropriate supply. We've got to have the appropriate vendor uh, sure. to sell to mm -hmm. and get. So if, you know, if I have a worker that's on a production line, just like in your in the example with you, if I bring you 80 patients at once, you're mm -hmm. not going to function appropriately. Yeah. And the theory here is this all gets gets thrown off. The, the initiating factor is you're overfed and you're not you're getting too much product and there's no demand for it. Mm hmm. And so you're, you're putting all this energy, all these packets of potential energy through, and you're building up all these reactive, reactive oxygen species, but there's no demand for it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the reactive oxygen species, uh, or free radical, um, um, what, what are we looking for here? Uh, build up, build up yeah. uh, happens Excess. and that's where everything goes wrong. Um, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to run a factory, I got to have the appropriate throughput of material. I got to have the appropriate workers in place. I have to keep them happy. I got to feed them well. I got to make sure they get sleep. I got to, you know, get them a 401k and, a, <laughs> and some vacation time. Yeah. And all that stuff. Absolutely. But you got to keep the worker happy. Yeah. But then I can have all the workers in the world if I got nothing to sell. Mm -hmm. If I have nobody to buy when I'm ready producing, to sell. Mm -hmm. that's going to create a backup too. So yeah. I think that's a good factory kind of term. For sure. To, to apply it to it. Um, what else were we going to cover with this very deep, sciencey type talk? Well, I think so. Part of it too is no. So I think a lot of people ask, "Well, how do I know how much to eat?" That's not an intuitive thing, I don't think, for most people. Wouldn't you say? Well, I hate the question of volume. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there are some baseline nutrient requirements, mm -hmm. like I have to have a certain amount of protein, and when I mean protein, amino acids. When mm -hmm. I mean when I mean amino acids, I mean all of them. Mm -hmm. the non-essential and the essential amino acids. Yeah. Um, and I have to have an appropriate amount of fats to be able mm -hmm. to create hormones and testosterone and cholesterol. I mean, those are the things that mm -hmm. our body is built off of. Um, the carbohydrate thing, I don't, you know, I don't particularly know where to go with that. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, 
I think there's a minimal amount you need of carbohydrates if, you know, in, in technicalities, sure. you, know, you, in my opinion, you could survive without them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but to live daily life, you know, 50 right. grand, we'll throw 50 grand. So <laughs> sure. 50 grams of carbs. I, I know I, I need to get a certain amount of protein to be able to get my essential, my amino acids in. Mm -hmm. And I know I need some, some healthy fats to be able to produce all the things like yeah. hormones outside of that. You don't, the volume, not, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know what volume it takes for you to get the things I just mentioned. Right. Well, and it's different for every person. It's different on different days. Um, and it's different based on what you eat. So it's yeah. an impossible question to answer, really, unless mm -hmm. you look at it from the standpoint of listen to your body. And I, mm -hmm. we've talked about this before in a previous episode, but I think that is very distorted for a lot of people. Yeah. So we could say it this way. Uh, we have those baseline things we talked about. Mm -hmm. You got to have the right number of protein to rebuild and repair. You got to have the appropriate amount of fat. And, mm -hmm. You know, for each individual person, that's going to be different. And you have a certain amount of carbohydrates. The 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 amount is minutia. Second thing is listen to your body. Yep. Like, hey, if I'm going on a, a 18 mile run, that's going to be a different energy. That's going to be in a different amount for that day or the day after. Mm -hmm. For women, am I going into my cycle? Am I coming out of my cycle? That that right. really changes, you know, the demand on what you need to put into your body. Mm -hmm. um, but none of us really think about that. It's more about mm -mm. Uh, how good things taste, <laughs> right? Or like, what can what can I do that like I can just eat every single day, and I know that it's that's, the perfect yeah. amount for me. You know, that's what we want, right? Is like mm -hmm. for somebody Easy to tell button. us, hey, yeah. exactly how much, and I can do that. I can follow a prescription, but yeah, doesn't work like that. Well, there's two reasons it doesn't work like that. Well, you're different on you're different on day to day, mm -hmm. but also your your body it does adjust to like if I. If I uh, cut my calories, you know, to 1,200 calories, I'll see some results at first, but then mm -hmm. it, my body's going to adjust. I'm not going to see those results. Yeah. Same way with, you know, completely cutting carbs or going high protein or, you know, there. Anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I think <laughs> it varies. I think what I'm saying is it varies, and the only thing important is to pay pay attention to the baseline necessities. Yeah. And then fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that yeah. a good way of saying it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. For sure. All right, I've come up with a, a website here about future further mitochondrial questioning here. Oh, good. Um, I think you know the one thing to take away here is, is it comes down to a simple numbers game when you when you think about this. The more mitochondria you have, all right, with, and we'll stop there. The more mitochondria I have, so two two things. I I need to take care of the mitochondria that I do have, mm -hmm. and how do I create more, more. mitochondria? Mm -hmm. And what, what's your opinion there? Build muscle. Build muscle. On right? the second Re part, resi yeah. Resistance exercise. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've got to be active. I've got to do something that encourages me to, um, to have more mitochondria. For sure. I think even like I said build muscle, but also just like even maintaining your current muscle. Um, if you work those muscles, um, those mitochondria aren't going to die off. So yeah. work the muscles you have. And if you need to build more, build more. Okay. And then we also need to make sure they're working efficiently, efficiently, mm -hmm. which, you know, we won't get into that in this podcast, but am I getting the right minerals, vitamins? Uh, there are certain nutrients that you have to have for mitochondria to work mm -hmm. like magnesium and calcium. And, you know, if I'm deficient in those things, they're not going to work. The mitochondria aren't going to work. Right. So the, the more you have, the more efficient they work, the more this work that we're talking about has, is spread out. So you don't see large scale accumulation of reactive oxygen species in mm -hmm. any certain location. Yeah. And you don't go down this pathway that we just talked about. So the, the statement here is when your mitochondria aren't overburdened, there's less free radical creation during ATP production. There's less waste production. 
Okay. We like less waste production yeah, in the body. Likes waste. That's right. That's right. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Chelsea's going to find, try to find some vendor to put in there that we can advertise for. <laughs> if there's nothing there, we didn't find anybody. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay. We're back. And I think we're recording. Excellent. Okay. So we wanted to come back and, and kind of wrap up with a few things. And I think how to make this situation better is going to be a whole podcast another day itself. Mm -hmm. but we wanted to just mention like to mention one thing uh if if you have weight to lose if you're having energy production issues uh it doesn't fix itself on its own mm -hmm. is yep. that kind of the summary of uh, of yeah how are you am i gonna yeah. fix it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, not just gonna happen yeah so and, and and the other thing i wanted to add in there is any way of losing weight that does not repair this is not long-term is that a that's fair absolutely yeah. if, you, if you don't fix the underlying problem if mm -hmm. i cheat the system just by choking down the energy supply mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to overall fix the problem long term right so if i'm going to diet but i don't want to exercise mm -hmm. if i want to exercise but i don't want to change my diet yeah. if i want to exercise and change my diet but i don't want to sleep and manage mm -hmm. stress like for sure you're not fixing the underlying problem yeah and if you want to change your diet but you only want to change the amounts and not the types of food you're eating mm -hmm. that's not yeah. going to help either and i think the one kind of like really light bulb that should go off in everybody's head is it's really hard to fix this without exercise mm -hmm. yeah right it's really hard to increase your mitochondrial density um and get all this working again without introducing activity resistance training, exercise, movement, mm -hmm. wh wherever you're at right now, doing mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the, the take home on improvement, but we're going to come back there. There are supplements, there are certain training modalities. This is where I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the number one exercise to build mitochondria, we've talked about it. Have you, have we talked about this? Like the number one resistance exercise? No, no. It's the number one thing you can do. Oh. It's called the one minute workout. Oh, on your bike? Yes, and it's yeah. horrible. Oh, it's like I forgot what it's called. That's Atomic. The one minute. The one minute workout. Well, oh, I thought you called it like I don't know some weird name like Thrasher. Or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> not the, that. The but inducer. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. You've called it something. Uh, so the, the 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 premise of this is only one minute of actual working out. Mm -hmm. uh, it does take three minutes to do. To be fair, That's so it right. should be called the three minute workout. But it's act, you're only doing one minute of work, and and. Basically, it's on the Aerodyne bike or the assault bike. That's uh, what I was like thinking. The CrossFit of. guys call it assault bike. The I assault think I just workout. recently mentioned this in a podcast. You so did. If, you're, if people it, listen I think to it these was frequently, last week. they're going to be like, <laughs> you talked about it already. But the reason I came across, came across that was uh, I was looking at mitochondrial function, mitochondrial density, and I came across this study, and it, it, that was what it was known for. But, you know, like I said, 20 minutes of all out work, mm -hmm. 20, I'm sorry, 20, 20 seconds. seconds. I got you three uh, times. Yeah. For, yeah. Just do that and take a 40 second break, 20 seconds, 40 second, 20, and then you're done. And that has the ability to put the highest number of mitochondria per time spent in the gym. Nice. I mean, Pretty in impressive. one minute, you can't, yeah, minute. can't deny that. I don't have time to work out, Chelsea. That's right. Do you have one minute? I do have one minute, but I do not do that workout very often because <laughs> the vomit it, inducer yet again. Well, if you're really, you know, if you get into the upper ends of pushing yourself, you just can't stay there very long. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anybody wants to do what I just talked about, start with what you got. Don't push mm -hmm. it. 
and just slowly build up. And I think about if I'd have done that, if I'd have just like done some wattage measurements, like, Hey, you know, I did, I put out 300 Watts that time. And the next time aim for 350, next time mm -hmm. aim for 375 four, and just slowly built up into it. But yeah. you know, I, I do have the tendency to overdo it at first, just like ice baths, you know, mm. well, the first one has to have 400 <laughs> pounds of ice and it's freezing right. and it's miserable. I don't really want to do it again. Yep. You know? mm -hmm. Um, so let's, let's wrap up this mitochondrial shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Because we may have lost some listeners over this one. <laughs> well, I think what we, what we want people to know is that if you get to the root of obesity, we think this is this is there. This, this is, is the root. Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're going to kind of wrap it back up into how does this, oh, we, we actually did kind of talk about how this leads to, mm -hmm. you know, your, my mitochondria is not functioning well. I have all this nutrient or the, all this food that I've eaten. My body can't convert it. I have to store it. Right. And then the feedback to the insulin receptor saying, hey, now you can't even get into the cell. Mm -hmm. So you just need to go hang out as fat. Yeah, right. Exactly. Is that pretty much the summary of where it all goes south? For sure. Yeah. And I think that's where you see people coming in and it's like, I'm tired. Like I never have any energy, but at the same time, I'm 150 pounds overweight. So I got and energy. It's like I you have energy. That's what that stored fat is, but your body is just not using it. And I think yeah. that's what we're trying to fix is to get your body to the place where it can use it. Um, and you can use up that stored energy without constantly going back to more and more food or alcohol mm -hmm. or whatever caffeine, or caffeine. Or... yeah exactly for your energy yeah band-aiding I, I think the what the what i wanted the point of this podcast to be was the call to attention like i said I, I, I don't have all the answers i don't have the easy i don't have a protocol on how to fix this i'm pretty sure there are some functional medicine doctors out there that probably claim they do mm -hmm. but i think everybody's going to be at a different point uh and you know we can talk about in a future podcast how we think the best way of going about this is but right now you know we want to leave you with this this is something that should not be ignored in your health and wellness journey it is it is the thing it is mm -hmm. what we need to focus on and fix yeah. and um you know we'll have to come back and kind of chat about what we would recommend doing sure absolutely okay anything else chelsea nelson rd no okay i, I guess takeaways um Number one, try to get your kids active. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're the serving them very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they won't base. regret it. And then number two, get yourself active. Yeah. And that's a start. So if you're wanting, if you're like, oh man, this is me, like I have mitochondrial dysfunction. Yeah. Um, Which I recognize the challenges here because like, oh, they're telling me I need to be more active. I don't have the energy to be active. Right. Right. For sure. And, you know, that's a really hard place to be. I think we've all mm -hmm. been there. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you, how do you climb your way out of that? and get back to where you want to be yeah so stay okay. tuned we'll come back later yeah and <laughs> i just i just want to bring this up right quick we've promised our listeners uh, a review of outlive and yes uh we haven't done it yet that i know blue missed today but next time he's here we'll do it okay all right part one i even brought my book today yeah <laughs> thinking I, we would. I, it's been so long i lent my book out oh uh, no so i'm gonna have to retrieve it well i've got mine we can all yeah. share it okay <laughs> all right see y'all next time i don't have all my bookmarks in. okay all right you guys have a good day <laughs>